0: Are we on? Well, I mean, I've started recording, but we can always... (laughs) you better introduce the podcast. Welcome. Could I please have a podcast that talks about beer or milk, thanks? Of course. Low-fat, no-fat, full cream, pale ale, dark lager, kettle sour, barrel-aged, Belgian brown, porter, imperial stat, or milkshake IPA. I just want a podcast that talks about real beer and milk. Beer and milk talks about beer and milk. And for only 2% of the runtime. There has been some debate as to the title of the podcast. I will announce it this time as beer and milk.
1: Oh, okay. So we've had two podcasts and so far they've had different names, (laughs) which could cause confusion.
0: I mean, only if you're paying enough attention. Which is unlikely. Mm. Well, shall we get into it? Beer and milk. Yeah, certainly. Obviously, this is the premiere podcast that involves both beer and milk. There's some good noises going on there in the background, but uh, I mean, beer and milk are clear, clear sort of bed partners. It's a
1: known symbiotic relationship.
0: And I, in fact, I intend to have a a photo for the podcast that is perhaps a glass with beer and milk in a single glass in a double layer effect.
1: Oh, yes.
0: That's what I was thinking. Yes. I did like the ampersand idea next to the glass as well.
1: I don't know what ampersand
0: means. Uh, It's the name for the and symbol. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, definitely something to work with.
0: I suppose we could start I feel like we should always start with a small introduction. Okay. I'm Max. Um, I I yes. like beer.
1: I'm Earl. I do not like beer, but there are many other things I do enjoy and for all the beer dislike is out there, I thought we should have a mixed review of beer so it's not all people talking about how good it is. Uh, And then we're going to bring along some milk or milk-related beverages, or basically whatever we wanted. But this week, we've gone pretty pure. We've got a beer and we've got a milk.
0: Are you perhaps alluding to the fact that instead of being beer and milk, the podcast could become beer and anything? It could simply be two beverages. Uh, Two beverages, one cup?
1: Two beverages, one cup. That's not bad, actually.
0: That is quite good. This is... (laughs) problematic and it, it would still work for the same photo we would not even have to change two the
1: beverages one cup
0: mm. i mean we do have two cups here we've today we've
1: actually got four cups or well,
0: four cups here. Yeah. we don't
1: want to mess with the purity of our and test in,
0: in covid times you don't want to share either so but hen- at the hence end the we form. could
1: do the one mixed cup thing that we discuss just do a, you little mean, do beer, mean uh, a little episode, bit of each, each episode each episode we join whatever we are whatever we are analyzing and reviewing we mix that a little bit
0: at the end. Combine the beer and, that is and the you milk. Get
1: two beverages, one cup.
0: It it's concerns a, me.
1: It's a bold move.
0: It is a bold move, <laughs> <gotten>. <laughs> Um I mean, that's a bit of an intro. I think they know who are we are. Who we are now. I mean, we've we're a long way into this series. We are fools, um, fools, we should, and scoundrels. We should
1: take it away and introduce this week's
0: beer. Take it away. As it has become tradition, um, I'm going to open the can so hopefully the microphone can hear. Go closer. Yeah, I will. Don't you worry. Ooh, less than last week, I think. Yeah, that was, a, that was lacking. Yeah. Ooh, smells quite citrusy out of the can.
1: Okay, when he says quite citrusy, that smells like an orange with other citrusy flavours. I am shocked because that's the first time I've ever smelled a beer and thought I want to drink this. Now, it seems... I don't want to get... <laughs>
0: well, one, one episode down, uh, so and this, the next one you're already... This is a genuine
1: concern. So I'm not joking. When I say that I don't like beer, I'm not messing around. I don't think I've ever enjoyed a beer in my life. I have drunk many beers, but I do not enjoy them. So the implications of opening a beer that I actually think smells nice, it seems a bit ridiculous that that would come on episode two. It should be more of an episode <laughs> 70. However... There seems to be some form of ejaculate. (laughs) So we've got a... Let's describe it. We've got a very creamy, pineapple-y looking... It's it's hazy,
0: hazy, Hazy. quite opaque.
1: Very opaque. And also there are significant chunks.
0: (laughs) I can just see that as well. (laughs) There is...
1: I mean, we're talking... Were there pebbles... White pebbles in the glass already, I and mean, they were not because I saw
0: them going in. So it almost looks. Could it be like pieces of um, almost like orange pit? Maybe it is just straight up OJ. Looks like mini
1: popcorn. This is we've <laughs> gone weird <laughs> early. Here. This is not your regular so,
0: beer. Um, I might. I will. Uh, so this is from Mister Banks Brewery, um, who are doing some pretty interesting beers at the moment, and in a boon for the podcast. A lot of the stuff that they're doing comes in a 500ml can. Now, this gives us both a fair chunk to actually taste and enjoy. In my case, or... Taste and uh, not enjoy. However, taste and not spit.
1: However, this feels... I'm smelling it, and it smells like pineapple juice. And I'm excited. I'm, this... I'm having... Whew, it's a big moment.
0: <laughs> so, the it's it's, it's, a, it's called Little Citra Feels. Um, and it's a double dry hop oat cream IPA. So... I believe the double dry hop is probably where the, uh, the sort of pineapple and citrusy notes are coming from, but until we taste it, we won't really know for sure. It's, uh, it contains lactose, so it's going to be quite creamy, and, and oat cream IPAs tend to be quite creamy as well, so it should hopefully feel smooth in the mouth.
1: Now, when we say creamy, <coughs> should we be concerned about the solid chunks in the beverage?
0: Um, that's a good question. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I can't say I've no Generally, I drink a lot of my beer straight out of the can, so I may not notice if there are uh, solid pieces in. These look like you
1: would feel them going down your throat because you'd choke on them. I mean, we're not. This is significant.
0: <laughs> they are. Um, uh, to be honest, I'm not concerned if we don't completely finish the glass, if we want to leave some of those solids at the base of the glass.
1: I can barely even believe this is a beer. For future reference, I think a little more background on particularly the breweries. If you're going to be picking small breweries, I think the discerning viewers would be interested to hear more about just a little background, where it's from, how long they've been around, who the proprietor is. Uh, that
0: would require research as a, <laughs> as a general... It's a hard um, memory, Max. I can tell you that Mr Banks is from Seaford, um, so basically Melbourne, local-ish to us, I suppose. Um, our
1: viewer base may be very diverse, so we're talking about Australia?
0: Yes, Melbourne, Australia, um, and they're, they're, they're getting a bit of a name for themselves, they've been in the Gabs uh, beer competition that we hold every year in Melbourne, um, and they've been involved in that for a number of years in a row, um, without doing some extra research, that's about the extent of my knowledge. And they've also made it onto
1: the, <clears throat> the podcast Beer and Milk. Oh yes, so
0: I, I often forget to. Um, That's a boon for them. Uh, we haven't yet given them a gold medal or, or any sort of medal, but once we try, you never know. I think we should <clears> drink <throat> this. All right, well, cheers. Cheers. We do Different language schools. That's not bad. <clears throat> um, I'm still getting kind of pineapple Got quite a lot. It's not as sweet as a, as most pineapple juice probably would be, or quite as. Is it sort of acidic that you normally get from a pineapple juice?
1: yes i believe so so the my first impression of this beer was one of disappointment now that is pretty standard for me when i have beer but based on the the smell had brought me up to think this smells like pineapple juice this could be something different uh but it does still taste like beer Mm. so that's a problem
0: (laughs) it does taste like beer but I mean, most beers probably should. Um,
1: and therein lies the problem with beer.
0: In this case, I think it's um, it's actually a bit light. I was expecting generally a double dry hop oat cream IPA. You want something that's really creamy in the mouth and feels almost thick. And to me, it's almost a bit watery. And even the flavour itself, like again, double dry hop—that's a lot of flavour that you're putting it's, into a beer, and it. It's I'm easy not getting drinking. a lot. It is, and I,
1: so for a for a fringe beer drinker who is a bit more sensible and would probably prefer to be having a fruit juice, but wants alcohol and doesn't mind beer, you might enjoy this.
0: Yeah, it comes in at six point six percent alcohol, which is I suppose on the stronger side, but also in the craft world, it's not sort of out of the park. I, I, I'm just I'm a bit disappointed as well. I'm feeling like it's. I just can't get over the feeling that it's watery. I, it's, it, I feel like there should be more happening. I, I like the hints, like that sort of pineapple. It could be really good, but it's just not strong enough for me.
1: I think our disappointments are coming from different places. Mine is coming from unfairly raised expectations by the smell. So I, I think it's, a, for a non-beer drinker, it's, it's quite palatable. And it does... The smell... Is obviously still there as you drink, so that contributes. I can see what you're saying about a bit watery.
0: And I'm even just disappointed by by the lactose, I think. I mean, I've had quite a few lactose-heavy beers, and they can be creamy and really nice, and I'm just not getting that.
1: To the uninitiated, what is the significance and effect of lactose in beer?
0: So lactose is essentially the sugar that's in milk, which is why milk can be sweet. Um, and lactose is added often to beers, usually to... uh, It might be to, like, a milk stout, for example. Um, You might add lactose, and it just adds a bit of a creamy sweetness, sometimes a bit of vanilla sort of flavour as well. Um, But it's basically just adding some sugar, but it it really changes the mouthfeel. So lactose is added not for the sweetness, even though it is a sugar. It's added for the mouthfeel. And mouthfeel is crucial. It it can be. (laughs) I mean, if you... if you've ever had a Guinness, which I don't know oh, about you... I'm trying to avoid it. That's sort of a... It's a different mouthfeel again, but that's using nitro as a gas to give you a better mouth... a, a smoother mouthfeel with smaller bubbles. And it, it really... It can affect the beer quite a lot, is all I'm saying. Lactose should make it creamy. Nitro makes it just very smooth because of fine bubbles. There are different ways to do do it, but...
1: I think what I'm hearing is that Lactose comes from milk. Lactose is good. More lactose is better. Therefore, milk is better than beer.
0: I mean, it depends on what you're going for in your beer. Taste. At the end of the day, <clears throat> taste. I'm going for milk taste well, better the, than beer. The lactose only affects the flavour. It affects the mouthfeel probably more than the flavour. And milk has a nicer mouthfeel than it, beer. It can be creamy.
1: It can be. You get
0: that
1: <laughs> skim smart milk monstrosities.
0: Don't worry, I'm sure we'll be tasting that in an upcoming episode.
1: I'm quite sure, but not today. Not today. Today, it's full cream goodness coming up after this pineapple beer. beer.
0: The can itself, it looks alright. It's sort of some pastely colours. Um,
1: floral. Pastel
0: floral. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I suppose there are sort of tulips. You suppose? It's primarily flowers. I feel like there's some leaves on there as well, but... Yeah, I mean it's it's not a terrible looking can, but it also doesn't stand out particularly. I uh, think it's representative I, of what's inside. It is. That you know how pastels are just not our, that bright uh, inherently. I feel like this beer is not that bright. Yeah. But even is, though the initial nose It is. The initial viral. nose smelled so good. Uh, and I even think that, the smell has subdued in my mind. Yeah. It is it's sort of a disappointing it's a disappointing thing isn't it when you sort of get built up expecting one thing
1: but expectation is a great a great killer of things for example tangent alert when i was traveling in america i was told over and over again even before i went to america about how incredible the grand canyon was and from when i was a kid my dad had talked about the grand canyon
0: but he shouldn't be trusted
1: he's definitely he's a known exaggerator he's a known exaggerator but he was not the only one And I would speak to people, and I would hear things like, oh, nature doesn't usually take my breath away, but when I saw the Grand Canyon, it was incredible.
0: That is bold praise. Yeah,
1: people who would would separate it from other beauties in nature and put it above. So going into seeing the Grand Canyon, I was travelling through national parks, and I just knew that this expectation was too high, that I could not possibly meet this expectation. So when I finally... I was trying to talk down the expectation, but people kept saying the Grand Canyon is different. The Grand Cabinet is the Grand Canyon is magnificent. <laughs> the Grand Cabinet. The Grand Cabinet.
0: <laughs> that well-known piece of furniture. Oh, cabinet.
1: <laughs> so even I tried to fight my own expectations, but I simply couldn't because of the positive reinforcement that I kept getting. So I made it to the Grand Canyon. I walked up to the rim, and looked into this giant crevasse, and I just thought, yeah. Okay, it's kind of big. It's a big old hole. It's a big old hole. And I couldn't be impressed because even though if I had stumbled across this canyon while going for a walk in the mountains without knowing it was there, it would have blown my mind. Mm. But with the expectation, you just can't be that excited because your brain has told you what to expect. So this is a classic example where the smell rose our expectations. Mm. And it's hard to live up to those expectations.
0: And it's certainly not a Grand Canyon.
1: It's not. Now, a quick follow-up. In the Grand Canyon's defence, after a couple of days camping at the Grand Canyon, I did start to appreciate it more. So it's not that the all appreciation of that beautiful place is gone. It's just that those first impressions can be tarnished
0: by expectation. I'm actually wondering if perhaps the... um the floaties, or not floaties, I suppose. The sedimentary deposits. Sedimentary <laughs> deposits. Now that's a term. Um, that, I'm wondering if that may actually be the lactose. Because when, you, when you've had enough to pour it to the side so you can see them sitting on the bottom of the glass... So if we'd mix it in, perhaps it would be creamy. I'm wondering that. I'm
1: currently... What's this called? Twirling?
0: Yeah, why not? Spinning. Twirling
1: my glass in an attempt to retrieve... The sedentary
0: lactose globules. Globules is an accurate term, that is uh, for sure. I can't... Maybe it's made it sweeter. Maybe I'm just... Have a bit of a positive bias. Do you mean the, the placebo effect? Yeah. That's legit.
1: We could have a whole episode on the placebo effect.
0: Would we still get to the beer? June. Ah, Durin. of course.
1: Uh, so part of the reason that we need more things to talk about is because... Drinking takes a while, and at some point the review is largely done, and the beverage
0: is yet to be drunk. It doesn't have to take a while.
1: A, well, <laughs> there, there are
0: certainly when options. I'm drink, when
1: I'm drinking beer, it's going to take a while, because it's hard work.
0: Yeah, alright. Yeah, I, I think at the end, uh, we're going to have to rate this too, which we may as well oh, do sure. that before before we finish. Let's rate. Uh, do we want a quick recap of the rating system? Yes. Just for those yes. that are joining us this week for the first yeah, episode. first this is your first, the first
1: episode.
0: We have to remind ourselves, too. So was was it sink? Was that the first? Sink. Sink? Yeah. So the The lowest lowest. rating you can have is sink, which is essentially we've, for the benefit of you, we've managed to consume the beverage, but we wouldn't wish it on anyone and would pour it straight down the sink, given any opportunity. Ideal world, beverage belongs in the sink. Yeah. Not in your mouth, basically. Next one up. Next one up. I believe was Thimble. Thimble. Now, Thimble, I, I like the Thimble rating. For me, that is something that you don't like. However, you're glad to have tried it. I, that's where it sits for me. That's what a Thimble is. It's you, You're glad you've had a taste. You feel enriched for for your extra knowledge of the world. But you're not going back for more. No. no a Thimble full is all you can manage. Um, then there's a pot. Yes.
1: That's the middle range where...
0: It was, I suppose, tasty enough, yeah. easy to drink. It's worth the drink. You like it. Would you go back again? Maybe. Who knows? Maybe.
1: A lot yeah. of people like a pot. Yeah. In fact, I think a pot is It's a happy
0: sort of medium.
1: If you were a non-beer connoisseur, as Max is, you might just think, yeah, I'll go back for a pot.
0: Another yeah.
1: pot. Yeah. Uh, so that's your mid-range rating. Then the next one up, do you remember?
0: I cannot quite recall. Gift. Gift was that
1: was gift, gift top? Is no, gift no. is number four. So uh, your pot is a mid-range. Gift is something that you go, oh, this is good. This is good enough that I'm going to give this away as a gift to someone because they will enjoy it and appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so gift, a fairly really-
0: high praise because in a price. way it reflects on you too in on your judgment of the beverage. If you're willing to give that to someone and essentially say, check this out.
1: Yeah, it's like giving a jo- a, a reference for someone for a job. You're saying I yeah. stand by this person. I stand by this product. Yeah. So gift, you're willing to stand by. That's the that's the beer and milk Max and Earl tick of approval.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely. At, at the gift point, we're willing to stand behind our choice and say try and say yeah. try this beverage, and then the final, I, we I don't think
1: we actually. Settled on what the final rating was. Was it?
0: Did we discuss ceiling? Or I, I feel like I discussed ceiling, but then that has, that puts a limit. That's true. We can't have limits. No, um, definitely not. Because the idea of being better than a gift
1: is it's so good that you're not willing to give it away.
0: That's right. We sort of went with the greed option. There was a yeah. few ideas we haven't. I don't think we settled on a. Uh... Well,
1: I, honestly, we probably don't need to because we had not found the beverage yet.
0: That's true. Maybe maybe we will, will be struck us. divine intervention at that yeah. point. It'll be that good that we'll just be like, holy.
1: And even though at this stage we are working with it, essentially a one to five scale, it's open ended.
0: It is. Yeah, absolutely. So we
1: don't need to be limited. In fact, so far, well, I don't even know if we've had a gift yet, but
0: no, I, we, we can envisage had a what a gift is. What comes above a gift? We're not sure yet but when we try the beverage i hope we'll know we will in know. fact i'm sure we will know we will know when we try something that good we will know will what how to rate it
1: and then there could be ratings above that but the beverages may yet have been created may not yet have been created
0: that is true it's a world of possibility i look forward to trying them all, all
1: right now i'm at the bottom of my lactose pineapple
0: sedimentary
1: yeah <laughs> And I think I've actually mostly dissolved the globules.
0: Yeah, I think I might try and just eat some of them and see if I can get some texture out of them. I've got one floating around, so this could actually be the best part.
1: Usually the dregs of the beer is the worst, I've been told. This could be an exception. It was not an exception. (laughs) (laughs) It tasted like the bottom of a glass of beer. Now, that's something... That we should research. Why is the last bit of a bottle or a glass of beer the worst?
0: Based on anecdotal evidence and no research, my understanding would be pretty much a temperature issue. I think most beers, especially the sort of mass produced ones, you don't want to be drinking at room temperature. By the time you get to a tiny bit left, the beer is raised in temperature. Now, it may depend on what beer you're drinking. So some things like a stout, you might actually want that warmer temperature. So if you like stouts, you'll get a lot more flavor at the higher point. However, a lot of beer, especially for yourself who doesn't like beer, if you're trying it at a low temperature, it reduces the flavor. Same thing with wine. It's why white wine, which can be a bit shit, people drink it cold.
1: Wow, shots fired.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it is true. If something is a lower temperature, you get less flavor. So you raise the temperature, you get more flavour. Now, unfortunately, often the flavours are being hidden by the temperature, which so is... Like... <laughs> this, this is fantastic. I really hope this is true, because
1: my it position... It is absolutely true. Okay, so my position all along is that there's been the beer tastes shit. And what we're saying, and what all beer drinkers are confirming now, is that as we approach room temperature, you get more flavour, and then you're also saying as we approach room temperature, you don't like it as much. So what we're saying is the the flavour
0: shit. I disagree, sir. It depends on the beer, one hundred percent. How many people love the end of their beer? Love those the bottom bit. But that's but you, anyone. You're any part. Of, you're part of a footy club. I'm part so, of anything. <laughs> so people that go to a footy club and are drinking Great Northern, VB, and Carlton Draft which for those who are not from Australia and avid listeners um, are the two, sorry, three top-selling beers in the country, those beers you want to drink cold because if they get warm, they taste like carpet from a 1970s pub squeezed into a glass. Which which presumably you've tried. Oh, frequently. Frequently.
1: (laughs) Now, okay, let's... All right, I'll, I'll bite. So how many examples do you have of somebody saying the The bottom of my beer is, my, is the favorite part. That's what I enjoy the most. I love the dregs. So I don't have a
0: specific example Sorry, of that. Are However, you no, no it's never happened. Let, let me finish. I do have an example that may sort of correlate. So correlate. No, no. Let, let, let me let me simple. tell the story. Come on. Sure. So I have a good friend. You might like him. He does mountain biking and rock climbing, that sort of thing. Um. He bought a rather unusual beer. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was called. Um, I think it was from La Seren. um, And I think... I can't recall. Anyway, it was a fairly expensive beer and it was a wild ferment. So they basically have the open-topped fermenter and allow the yeast and stuff, or like bacteria from the air in, which gives you a really funky sort of flavour. Now, he bought this beer cold from work. He then tasted it with some mates and was like, oh, this isn't very good. He then had many other beers with some mates. The next day, at I believe it was about 11 a.m. in the morning, he then sipped the beer that had been sitting on the counter (laughs) overnight, so (laughs) no longer refrigerated, and he loved it. The next day, after a big night, he enjoyed something, a warm beer. And this beer did have a recommended... um, recommended temperature range for drinking which was higher than refrigeration
1: now i don't want to discount this story entirely because there could be a genuinely interesting point buried amongst it somewhere (laughs) deep uh (laughs) this is a pretty long bow to draw to try and argue that it
0: was his dregs and it had been sitting there for a long time
1: also we're talking about one guy who liked (laughs) one drink the day after (laughs) It's hardly a sound basis for scientific analysis.
0: But he was a man that liked his, uh, his outdoor Look, let's, sports. Let's,
1: let's not close... We're not going to conclude this debate now. We're going to have to go away, gather more anecdotal evidence. Uh, but I stand by the overarching point that beer tastes shit and this is realised more as it approaches room temperature and taste improves. Let's just circle back for a minute. You mentioned the most commonly sold beers in australia now some people may find factoids like this interesting max is in fact the uh what's a better word than manager
0: (laughs) extraordinaire
1: the manager extraordinaire of a local liquor department so he has some expertise in this field do you want to drop that factoid again
0: as it well, yeah, certainly. So, um, in Australia, we sell a lot of beer per capita. I don't know if we're the highest, but too much, too much. <laughs> um, we we sell many, many beers, but we don't drink that many international beers. So, some of the biggest worldwide beers, you know, Corona, Heineken, that sort of thing, um, we certainly sell, but the real big beers that we drink here, um, forever, just about since, you know, the inception of our small nation, um, or at least the inception of Carlton United Breweries as a <laughs> conglomerate, um, we've been drinking, especially Carlton Draft and VB. I, I should probably put a caveat on that. Uh, these two beers are certainly Victoria-centric, so perhaps I should take back saying that they're... Uh, I'm assuming that they're the top. However, Let's just
1: say we're not from Australia, we're
0: from Victoria. <clears throat> yes, Victoria is a state within Australia. Yeah and not just the state of mind. Um, what I can confirm is the Great Northern uh, Super Crisp is the top-selling beer in the country. That's interesting. Um, and it is it is interesting. It's It was originally from Queensland, I believe, and it is owned by CUB, which is Carlton and United Breweries, and it is in only a few years. I think it's only been out for maybe... It's been less than 20 years anyway.
1: Now, that... That disappoints me to hear that it is, in fact, owned by Carlton. Because, Why? Well, I like the idea of competition and diversity. And if what we're hearing is that Carlton makes all of the popular beers, that's... I'm disappointed. I mean, it sounds it's, like a monopoly.
0: It is fairly accurate. And they've also just been bought out by Asahi. So, Sorry, Carlton has been bought by Asahi.
1: Yes. So Australian beer... Yes. ...is now owned by Japan. Yes. Fascinating.
0: Um, and Asahi own most of the market now. They ha- they were forced to sell off a couple of brands that here are smaller brands like Stella Artois uh, and Bex, I believe. Um, but for the most part, I reckon they, at a guess, would probably do 75% of the market.
1: So this is so. what I am now discovering is that the entire beer market is essentially a monopoly of one company. And that company is Japanese.
0: Yes, this is. Hey, it, it was Dutch up until last year. Shocking. They were owned by AB InBev. What? CUB. They haven't been Australian owned for years.
1: Yeah, no, but I, but I just didn't realise that there was such a monopoly. I thought there was competition.
0: Uh, the, the only real competition comes from Lion Nathan, um, but they're basically small fry.
1: What do they make?
0: Uh, they make Furphy. they make Forex Gold, Are are prob- probably the two biggest. Okay, and they 4X make some, was yeah. Four x is, is a pretty popular beer, um, but it's really been swamped by Great Northern as well. Mm. Um, and you know they they distribute a lot of international stuff as well. Um, but comparatively, like in in terms of sheer volume, CB are just so far ahead this of is, everyone.
1: This is shocking. I've actually learned something.
0: <laughs> Unusual. Was, Max, you weren't expecting that. Max just comes in
1: <laughs> whipping out knowledge without even having to research because he actually <laughs> knows stuff. This is. Now, I've got to circle back again. You mentioned Heineken being not popular in Australia. Now, I've got inside anecdotal evidence here. I have a Dutch housemate who worked in a bar, in several bars in Amsterdam, I believe. And she hates Heineken in Australia because it's just not fresh. It's a beer that needs to be fresh. She would often have Australians in Amsterdam. And they would ask about a beer, and she would say Heineken. They would say, "Oh no, I don't like Heineken." And she'd basically tell them to shut up and try it on tap. And they would get it fresh daily from the brewery. And the Australians there essentially their scientific reaction was, "Holy shit, this is good." <laughs> Whereas in Australia, it's had to be shipped internationally. It's old. It's not. No, it doesn't have that fresh taste
0: apparently it's different not only that i believe heineken is also brewed under license in australia Ah. so not brewed by heineken so um during covid which we're currently sort of still in the middle of covid Mm um heineken there was never any shortage because it's still brewed here heineken zero which is the zero alcohol version is only from holland import only and we just couldn't get it for months
1: now i don't want to make this podcast go for Too long, but zero alcohol, alcoholic beverages. Yes, this is odd, (laughs) particularly beers, which, as I think we we are beginning to establish, don't taste that good. What is the purpose of a zero alcohol beer?
0: Uh, I would say predominantly a peer uh, peer pressure uh, sort of method for not feeling peer pressured.
1: Okay, this makes sense because I was recently at a football club function and one of the classic lads at the football club was... Does he normally drink Great Northern or Carlton? I don't know because I haven't been around that long, but this was this is a known lad, <clears throat> a known hooligan, a known drinker, but he was taking some time off the drinks and I saw him at the liquor department picking up a slab. A slab. Not, we're not talking one drink. A slab of zero Carlton zeros. Hmm. And this was rather shocking, and I spoke to him later on. He said he was taking a month off drinking or something to, of that nature. And that fits perfectly as someone who would want to appear mm. that he's one of the cool kids on the brewskis, one of the boys, but in fact is just is trying not to drink alcohol. Because we do, as much as we are now, Max and I are committing to drink weekly, Alcohol is a problem in this country. We drink too much.
0: <laughs> what do you mean? If we it's have, an outrage. If we have one beer a week and share it between the two of us, we're fine. Well, that will probably be all I drink. I suspect you will drink more. <laughs> Perhaps. I need to keep my knowledge up if I, if I want these facts. It's all about the research for this podcast. All right, I think we're ready for the milk. It's a big
1: call. Now, this week we have Paul's Farmhouse Gold Cream on Top. Mm. So.
0: How fresh is it?
1: It's used by today, unopened.
0: (laughs) So we've got a bit to get through is what I'm hearing.
1: (laughs) Now, I don't know how many of you are familiar with this. The Farmhouse Gold is the one one that, so it's full cream milk, full fat milk, but it has cream on top. Now, it's unclear whether they have added milk, added cream, or simply left the cream, which they remove ordinarily
0: i suspect they wouldn't add it i feel like it's probably a less refined milk yeah that, that would be my belief because i i feel like milk comes out fairly creamy and they probably filter it slightly just for normal normal milk yeah, so, so, so that you yeah. don't get any any solids so, and so when it I've, sits i imagine then the fats separate so i've been doing some research into this in
1: fact uh, oh. last week i felt very uneducated regarding my chosen field
0: of milk huh? Can we hold on for one second? Um, We did discuss last week pasteurizing and um, long-life milk. Did you, in your research, discover how they get long-life milk with the same ingredients to last for that long?
1: Yes. So... Oh, exciting. I I was... I've taken it upon myself to actually learn something, and this fascinated me. So milk and long-life milk are the same products. They are just treated differently. There are no additives... It's just a different process. So regularly, when you read that something is pasteurised, it means that it's been treated with heat. So I was right,
0: is what I'm hearing. Yes.
1: Uh, so ordinary milk is treated at just over seventy degrees for about fifteen seconds.
0: Gee, that's not. It's so how not do they long determine long that all the milk does? All the milk have to be. Well,
1: this is would be fascinating to learn more about how they make sure that all of the milk gets. To 74 degrees for 15 seconds. seconds. Uh, And that essentially removes some of the potentially harmful bacteria, I believe. Then they cool it back down, and then you have your pasteurized milk. For uh, long life milk, which you may have noticed, it's called UHT milk. I didn't know why. It stands for ultra heat treatment. All right. So for So for regular milk, it's 74 degrees, 15 seconds. Yes. For long-life milk, it is 140 degrees.
0: That's pretty hot.
1: So wait, that's steam. Exactly. So 140 degrees. We're talking well above boiling
0: point. So presumably they'd have to do that in a pressure vessel. Otherwise, it would be steam. Whereas Max if it's under pressure, it could potentially still be liquid? Max is dropping science here. <laughs> oh, so I think. This, don't quote this me. This is going
1: to require further research. However, the second part of this is rather interesting. Guess the, the duration of time that the
0: milk is at 140 degrees. Could it just be the same? Is it 15 seconds? Two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now, so all UHT is exactly two seconds? I, well, I would argue, how exact can you be? I
1: mean, <laughs> two seconds. You've got to heat it up, and also, how's it cooling down? I mean, this—it's not like bang, two now to cool again. I mean, you've got to heat it up to 140 Celsius, and then you've got to
0: cool it down again. I mean, how long does it take to get from 74 degrees to 100? So, let's say basically double the temperature. Would, would that questions. happen in 15 seconds? Is the uh, is the normal pasteurisation process happening before it even gets to the ultra-high temperature? Surely,
1: surely. So, mind-blowing. So, so long-life milk has been essentially steam-fried for two seconds, plus, because there must be a warm-up and a cool-down phase. So this requires mm. further research. Anyway, so what this does is it kills a lot more bacteria. And it kills... It neutralizes a lot more, essentially, active ingredients in the milk, which then means that if you store it and do not give it access to the air, there will be far less chemical reactions going on, far less life in the milk, uh, so it will last. But that, this is why once you open it... So dead
0: milk. Air introduced. I mean, yeah, theoretically, a dish. human could survive being seventy-four in 74-degree 74 water for 15 seconds. But, but if we're see- in 140-degree <laughs> steam, even for two seconds, it probably wouldn't be good for us. That's an excellent analogy. It's a great <laughs> analogy.
1: So when we are talking about that distinctive taste of long live milk, it is a bird taste.
0: Interesting. There
1: are certain elements of the milk that have been... Very quickly burnt,
0: and you'd imagine sugar would be part of that.
1: I think lactose could very mm. much be part of what has been burnt, and it can also have a small, slight browning effect. So the color can be a bit different with UHT milk.
0: Yeah, it it does. It has almost a slightly like brown's the wrong word, but sort yeah. of off white or yeah. yeah. And
1: that off <laughs> is because just some parts of the milk have been snap burnt, uh,
0: and that changes the flavor and changes the color. Interesting. I wonder if the way it's done is through, for example, a long tube, and they have one section that with mm. that's sort of heated to that temperature, and, and no they just they <laughs> well they just know it perhaps, and mm. they they sort of they can tie they have they know the flow rate yeah, and they can just say this bit of tube is we ha, we keep it at a constant temperature of 140 degrees, and it takes two seconds for the liquid to flow through, and that way it. It wouldn't be in batches. Mm. You could literally just pass through as much milk as you want. Yeah. Maybe. So, it's a theory.
1: I'll tell you what. If they haven't come up with this already, patent <laughs> Max re Goodings, there's the only coin flowing in. That is an idea. It sounds all right. Now, the final note on that UHT milk, the current thinking is that it has the same... There's no real health difference or nutrient difference. It may be marginal,
0: Interesting. So uh, I mean, we're we're also precious about fresh milk just purely on flavour.
1: Well and once again I don't want to stand by this. This is not a gift scenario where I'm willing to stand by it.
0: Was the, this research done by a UHT milk company?
1: Not to my knowledge. No. Oh. It was a generic dairy website giving information on dairy products. Ah, big dairy. So I don't didn't haven't really actually looked at where that came from. Uh, so I I think it should have this, this very similar nutritional benefits. Interesting, but the taste is different, and it, it's not guaranteed. There are certain particles that have changed as a result of being superheated.
0: I just realised I don't think we rated the beer, which yes. I know I've kind of ruined your flow. But um, I feel no, like before very, we before we forget what it trend. tasted like, yeah, um, we should perhaps rate that. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Don't mean to jump in there, but so I I'm gonna let you go first. Why not? I believe you went first last week, so I not recall. So we did have a fair discussion on the beer. I for me, it's I wouldn't be gifting it to someone because I was disappointed. So I, there's no way I'd be. I, I I just don't want to gift something that someone else might be disappointed with, unless they're an enemy, and that's not really part of the scale. You so don't give to an enemy. No. So, for me, it is at most a pot. But honestly, after trying it, I'm just going to go thimble. I, it wasn't a sink drink for me. It was easy enough to drink. But, you know, I drank it, but I, I think it's thimble. I, I'm glad I tried it. You know, I was interested by what it said on the can, but I was disappointed. I, I don't think I'd I'd be happy just going out and getting a pot and coming back and saying, mm-hmm. yeah, that was all right. For me, I, I think it's a thimble. So it's a thimble from Max? Yep.
1: My feeling is that... And it's a bit of a different angle coming from, for the, from the non-beer drinkers. Would a non-beer drinker, how would a non-beer drinker like myself feel about this? And that's not bad. It's, the, the, the smell rose my expectations. But the mm. actual drink itself, it was quite easy to drink. More easy than most beers I've drunk. So mine's going to be at least a pot. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, now this is not because I think there's anything special about, it, apart from the smell. Which
0: yeah, was I mean, a special. pot is a happy medium. I don't think it needs to be special to be um, a pot.
1: Now there's a certain irony. Would a non-beer drinker gift a beer to a non-beer drinker? <laughs> <laughs> that seems rather peculiar. So I think I'm I'm somewhat tempted to go with gift, just because it's it's very easy to drink.
0: So even for a non-beer for drinker. A non-beer so drinker, in some ways it is a standout in that it doesn't taste. As horrible as you are expecting.
1: Yes, it was hmm. just that the smell. So I think I will settle on a pot because it was a little watery, and even though that's probably a good thing because I prefer water over beer. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to settle on a pot, but for a non-beer drinker, or if you are a bit of a casual beer drinker but not really into, into the heavy your craft, stuff, it's not bad. Once again, because it was a little watery, I'm not going to go to gift. If it was Mm. a light beer that also felt hearty and had a great mouthfeel, Mm. I'd be going gift. But I'm settling on a pot.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can certainly get lighter beers that have a lot of flavour. Like, there are some sort of session IPAs, which normally an IPA would be the same strength-ish of what we had today. Mm -hmm. But you can get some that are a mid-strength, which is the same as a Great Northern, Mm. that actually have lots of Mm flavour. So that sort of thing, there are are a few available. So you can get a, a beer that, even though it is lighter... Still has good flavour.
1: In defense of Little Citra Feels by, what is it, Mr. Mr. Banks? Banks Brewery. Uh, 6.6%, was it? Yeah. It didn't taste like it. it tasted no. like a lighter beer.
0: No, it hid the alcohol very so well. So it's,
1: it's an easy drink. Definitely an easy drink. All right, now on to farm, Paul's Farmhouse Gold. Now, this, I think it's fair to say, would be. At least based on its marketing, one of the premier milk products in
0: a regular supermarket setting. I would tend to agree. I mean, certainly it's better than the ordinary Paul's because it is the farmhouse gold edition. Well, it's marketed that way. Certainly.
1: Now, I've had to shake it up quite substantially due to the
0: significant cream head. Now, do we have to finish the milk like we do with the Absolutely. beer?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. That's why I poured you a full glass. You can't skip. I've,
0: now, my concern here is, while I was uh, extolling the virtues of the 500ml can um, in terms of the beer, I thought that that's something that,
1: the hypocrisy. <laughs> that was a real. The boom. hypocrisy. And the 500 mils. Happy to big, the big glass of beer, but when it comes to the milk, he wants the thimble straight up. Open your mouth, open your lips, and drink. Look, you're
0: getting all high and mighty. Yes. 500 mils of beer separates into two 250 mil glasses. That's not an outlandish amount of liquid. Yes. In this case, we're drinking Farmhouse Gold. 1. 1. Oh, <laughs> okay. 1.5 oh, litres that's not, of milk. We don't have
1: to finish the <laughs> 1.5 litres of milk. We have to finish one glass, which is oh. about half the size of the glass. I
0: of, asked if we had to finish okay. the container of milk. That's I'm traction. not concerned about we the glass. We are
1: not going to be finishing 1.5 litres of Paul's Farmhouse Gold unless we go on to record our next episode, which involves mixed drinks.
0: And Bailey's substitute. That's true. I mean, we could also do the uh, almond milk because I do have some of that in the fridge as the next episode. Ooh. Theoretically
1: At
0: some speaking. point, but let's not. <laughs> let's get into the farmhouse gold. All right. The farmhouse gold. Skull. Prost. Uh, oh, same have, one, not is it? Oh, skull, <laughs> so can... sorry. So, Skool. skull. So, with Norway. Like... Uh, eye contact? School comes with eye contact. So, skull, it doesn't come with a chink, though. No. Oh, so, hang on, let's listen. So, skull. Now, skål is the uh, Norwegian um, cheers or or sort of uh, what is it called?
1: It's, it's yeah.
0: Oh. I don't know what that's called. But that could be. It's what is the
1: international description of cheers.
0: Um, it could indeed be a question for next week it could be. <laughs> with okay. more research. But essentially, it's it's sort of a greeting, I suppose, between two drinkers um, of anything essentially. Um, and it's, yeah, it's the Norwegian one. Now, there's some little quirks. Obviously, every country does it differently, but in in it, certainly our family history, um, the Norwegian school is done a bit differently. Instead of this Australian tradition of clinking glasses, um, the Norwegian tradition is you need to make eye contact with every person at the table before taking a drink.
1: However, when I visited our family in Norway, this was far less prevalent. So it may be something that mum just... ...or our grandmother was particularly fond of... That's true. ...may not in fact be a Norway-wide tradition. Perhaps not.
0: (laughs) It may purely be a Re Gooding's uh, relic. School. School.
1: So definitely, even with a blind blind taste test, you would know that it's not long life. It's lacking the burnt Mm. artificial tinge...
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. It's it certainly, you are getting a creamy a creamy feel uh, from the cream on top. I am concerned that the best before date is today. I actually feel like it doesn't taste fresh. I can I, taste I'm not it saying better. it's off, like it's yeah. not sour, but I feel like it is perhaps. Like, I'd be interested to have a comparison yeah. at some point between There
1: was more fresh... shaking required than usual. Mm. So, I mean, straight off, it's an ice milk.
0: It is an ice milk
1: creamy, decent taste, but I think that is fair. So, (laughs) Full disclosure, I I believe I bought this as a reduced... No, that's not true. There's no reduced sticker. But I bought it, and then I realized that I already had a three-liter bottle of milk in the fridge. Uh, So it's been sitting there while I finished the other one. I see. So it is at the use-by date. There is nothing wrong with it, but it's an unfair reflection on Farmhouse Gold.
0: I think so. I just feel like if you get fresh farmhouse gold, it would actually. I think there's a couple of things. I I feel like the cream on top. Mm-hmm. The longer it sits there, it I'm still getting kind of solid bits of cream mm-hmm. in the milk, which is not particularly pleasant. The cream itself tastes nice, mm. but it's a bit of an unpleasant experience. It's the texture. To think. Yeah, um, but I have had farmhouse gold fresh, mm. well, fresh you know, supermarket fresh at least. Yeah. Where there hasn't it hasn't collected in a layer at the top. Mm-hmm. It doesn't usually it does, but I have had some that haven't. And gee, it's good when when that sort of the cream and the the sort of fats are all mixed in.
1: Now let's talk about why the creams mix in. So I'm noticing on this that it is unhomogenized. Now, homogenized in the word itself usually means all to be made the same. So like
0: yeah. uh,
1: I'm going to get make up, mess up my words here, but hom- homogeneic? What is
0: it? I'm not sure what you're trying to say. Anyway,
1: whatever. Let's go to And if
0: I was going to help you, I'd prefer to watch you flounder. So.
1: That's fair enough. Anyway, the process of homogenising milk, from my research, is that it is pushed through a high-pressure system, like through a very fine nozzle, and at high pressure it forces the fat particles... To just dis- to mix in and disperse evenly, rather than being left in separated chunks. So
0: that's interesting. That makes me wonder if that's the same point that you'd heat it. If you're doing fine nozzles, perhaps. you could control the temperature quite well. Perhaps. Hmm. So, and it would also probably aid the fats. In like a temperature would also make the fats yeah, um, easier gonna, to yeah. So I'm
1: going to have to go and look now at the other at the other milks, perhaps. The way they get cream on top, farmhouse gold, is they're not homogenising it. They're not making the fat spread throughout the milk. Yeah, okay. And therefore, you need to mix it back in. So, perhaps the farmhouse blue, is it?
0: Yeah, uh, I'm not sure what it's called. I don't think it's called blue, but it is just,
1: yeah. Well, maybe it's farmhouse gold. Anyway, it's the blue one without the cream on top.
0: For all you international listeners, (laughs) you'll know what we're talking about.
1: (laughs) So, perhaps it is homogenised. And therefore, it may actually be a nicer milk because it may actually have the fat evenly spread throughout
0: the product. That is true, but you'd have to look at the fat content, I think, overall as well.
1: Now, so full cream milks need to be above 3% in fat, possibly 3.2. I don't really know what's going on here. I'm not going to try and understand (laughs) that one.
0: So gibberish is what you're saying. It does say on the back that it's for those who love the traditional taste of real milk.
1: Well, that's just marketing spin. Now, Mm. I I have actually got information about the process of skim milk and other forms of milk, but I think I'm actually going to save it for another podcast. Yeah,
0: you don't want too many facts. There's too much much (laughs) facts coming. One, you'll run out because, you know... There's only so much knowledge about (laughs) milk that one can have. And two, you don't want to run out just in your first episode. Exactly. Second. That's true.
1: I think it's a nice milk, but I think this has been unfair
0: example so this looks like it's 4.7 grams per 100 mils which we did discuss this last week we're not clear on the specific gravity so when they're saying 4.7 grams of fat we we don't know if that actually means that it's 4.7 percent of 100 mil
1: yeah
0: it's a that may be something we need to research in the next you know two to a hundred episodes yeah so so
1: let's talk about the milk Uh, it's a perfectly nice milk I think it's... I think Max is right. I
0: think it's not fresh enough. So I'm pretty happy to go straight to rating for me, personally, just because, I, for I'm me, sure. there's a clear standout. Yeah. As in, for me, it is definitely a pot. Yeah. I yeah. mean... It's a pot. B- because I think it's, to the point of being, end of life, and especially, like, you're not going to give... I mean, this is yeah. a little bit to the side, yeah. but you're not going to give someone a milk that's going off that day uh, no. as a gift. That, no. that, it kind of completely rules that out. Yeah. So, for me... But... It's a nice milk. No, it's it's, a nice milk. Um, Like a thimble, probably not enough to get the creamy goodness. So for me, it's it's a solid pot. Yeah. But I'm not willing to go above that. That's that's my personal opinion.
1: But I, you know, I'm just going to make a commitment right here. I'm going to put my put my integrity on the line. I will bring a fresher version of farmhouse gold cream on top to a future podcast because I don't think we've done it justice.
0: I would agree. I would agree. As Farmhouse Gold used to be my favourite choice for milk. Mm-hmm. I went through many months, possibly it could have been years, where that was our milk of choice for the mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am a fan of Farmhouse Gold, and I agree. I don't think this is the best example of Farmhouse yeah. Gold that I've had.
1: Alright. Sorted. We'll bring it back. Well, this has been interesting. We have actually talked facts. We have reviewed beverages
0: it does concern me that we've talked so many facts
1: I just think it's the natural evolution obviously this is a podcast best listened to chronologically so you can go through the journey with us that is true and sometimes you just need to do some world building you know you need to bring understanding of what we're dealing with and milk is a serious issue that people need to understand in their lives
0: oh look I agree with that uh, wholeheartedly I do feel that perhaps we overcorrected
1: yeah look we, we're learning as a species, as a duo, as a podcast. We've got room for growth, room for improvement.
0: And really, I hope we never stop. If you get to the point of being stale, like old milk, we shouldn't be doing the podcast.
1: Just to be clear, this milk is not stale. It's just not at its peak. That's it's true. It's not improving. This milk is no longer improving. No,
0: no, it's... It will... Which is not like us. <laughs> Here at beer and milk. We are improving. We, uh, as I would like to say, don't currently have a ceiling.
1: Ceilingless.
0: Mm. That is
1: correct.
0: Maybe that's. It could be ceilingless. Ceilingless. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs>
1: it's a bit vague. It's
0: a bit of a bit ma- vague. And a bit of a mouthful. Yes. Um,
1: we haven't got an end. This has been simply beer and milk.
0: It has really. That, that's a good point. I mean, episode two fun. has been beer and milk. It's
1: been beer and milk. But let's not constrict ourselves to a. A format.
0: Let's be organic. <laughs> like the milk. <laughs> like
1: some other milk.
0: I mean, not just <laughs> milk, obviously. Just, no. Like an um, organic milk. Do, do we have a sign off? Because I feel like we've reached perhaps a natural we end. We have reached um, an end. But I don't know if we have a sign off. We could yeah, always yeah. record something funky later on and just, you know, use my editing skills that okay. I haven't done any of yet. I mean,
1: we could, but I also think, as with the natural progression, we, when we're ready for a sign-off. I mean, we're this is in its infancy.
0: That is true. We're not even a year old.
1: This is true. <laughs> Me and Bub's in the world. <laughs> so for now, we have no sign-off, except for what Max is about to say regarding the name of the podcast, and perhaps a
0: very brief mention word of... Word from our sponsors? Beverages. Oh, no way. Oh. We don't actually have any so sponsors. Th- I'll go with
1: the drinks. Today we had... Little Citra Fields from Mr. Banks Brewery. And we had Farmhouse Gold cream on top
0: from Paul's. Um, Quick overview of the ratings as well. Do you reckon we both went for a uh, pot of the Farmhouse Gold? Yeah. And um, surprisingly, perhaps, me as the beer lover went for a thimble for the Little Citra Fields. And Earl?
1: I went for the pot.
0: uh, There you go. You heard uh, that here first. Yeah. So, it's been a good episode. Tight. Adios. I've been Max. I am Earl. (laughs) (laughs) Laters. (laughs)